Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of Delay Don't Deny, Living an Intermittent Fasting Lifestyle. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than deny myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here, so let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 35 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Amanda Tarver. Amanda lives in New York City, where she sings in the chorus of the Metropolitan Opera. That is such an exciting career. Welcome, Amanda. (laughs) Hi, Jen. Thank you. Yeah, that's just so cool. This might be the coolest profession we've had on so far. (laughs) (laughs) Not that everyone doesn't have a cool profession, right? Exactly, exactly. Yours is super cool. (laughs) Probably one of the craziest people you've interviewed. Oh, well, I look forward to that. (laughs) So I like to start off by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting. Actually, I've been dieting since I was in high school. I always had problems with my weight. And when I got to the Met, the the ladies that I work with, we were always swapping, you know, the latest diet that we were trying. And for the past year, we'd all been doing Weight Watchers together. Of course, I wasn't 
getting any kind of progress. But one of the ladies that I worked with when we came back from the summer break, she had lost like 50 pounds. Wow. She's in her late 60s and she's had a horde of health problems. So my mom had always told me, if you don't lose the weight by the time you're 30, you're never going to lose it. So once she walked in looking all stellar, I was like, what did you, what did you do? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me all your secrets. So now how long was the break? You mentioned that she lost a lot over the break. It was about 10 weeks. Okay. She had started a little bit earlier, but yeah, 10 weeks was enough for everyone to notice and just be floored. But I think she had been dieting for the better part of over a year, but then she came to the intermittent fasting like three months before we went into the break. Okay. So she started intermittent fasting and then y'all went on the break. Right. And so she told me, she was like, I, you know, I started with the, the keto and she was like, and I came across this book that you need to read. It was like, it's called Delay, Don't Deny by Jen Stevens. And she, you know, kind of explained the brief overlay. And of course, you know, I went to Amazon and immediately started looking for it. I read it, I think, in November of 2018. And I didn't start until December 1st. So it was easy for me to always remember my IF anniversary because it's, a, you know, the first of the first of December. Right. How many people start a plan in December, right? Not very many. Crazy me, of course. I'm like, well, if I, can, <laughs> if I can do this during the holidays, I can do it without any excuse ever. And it was funny because it was really easy to do during the holidays and Christmas time. And my birthday is also in December. So it was like plenty of opportunities to go awry. (laughs) You know, I actually know somebody who started on Christmas Day, which is even crazier. I think one of the people that you interviewed had mentioned that and they started on Christmas Day. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I started doing the 16-8, but I quickly progressed to like more fasting time. Now I'm up to 20 hours fasting in the four hour eating window, kind of like you do. Mm Mm-hmm. But the first thing I noticed was I had crippling plantar fasciitis in both of my feet. And all of a sudden, that had gone away without me realizing it. That was like the most remarkable thing because I had been suffering from that for like three years. Like, you know, even in the middle of the night when I'd get up to go to the bathroom, it was I would sometimes literally be on my hands and knees crawling. Wow. The pain was like so inflamed. But also, that's another thing with this job you're in 50-pound costumes, you're standing on your feet for hours on end in heels on different stages and everything. So most of the women spend their time off getting surgery on their knees or on their feet. I wanted to get this weight off of me before I went down that road. And how old are you? You don't have to tell us exactly. You can give us a ballpark. You're not supposed to ask a woman, <laughs> I'm, I'm, a woman I'm, her age. Oh, push, push. <laughs> I'm, I'm 39. Okay. The reason I asked is because, you know, you had mentioned that your mom said, if you don't get it off by 30, you won't get it off. That was like, I wondered if you were not quite 30, but you're, you're over the 30, but I'm 10 years older than you. So (laughs) I'm 39, but I've told that I look like I'm still in my twenties. So I'm holding out for, I'm holding out for that. (laughs) Awesome. I'll mug it as long as I can. (laughs) So when she came back from the break and she explained intermittent fasting to y'all, how many people were excited about trying it? Everyone was kind of reticent because they were like, well, fasting, that just means you're going into starvation mode and you're not going to lose any weight. (laughs) But I was like, well, she is living proof that it's working. So let me go research this. It was just she and I that first started out, but quickly several other coworkers started considering this. I I also have a friend who used to sing with us in the course, and now she's a certified registered nurse. 
And I started talking to her about it. And she said, well, this is easy for me because my shifts are so long. It makes me fast. So she's lost more than I have in the past four or five months. Wow. She said, I look like I'm 10 years younger, which I can totally attest to. Like, that's the biggest thing, I guess, for most of the women, we're noticing it in our skin first. Yeah. But I also, my eyesight got better. That was the weirdest thing. We hear that and it just sounds crazy. You know, a lot of the things we hear, the benefits, if we made a list and claimed that these were going to, you know, fasting was going to make you get your eyesight back or your eyesight was going to be better, people would be like, that sounds fake. (laughs) You're making that up. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, if this didn't happen to me, I would not believe it. Like the plantar fasciitis gone away after three years of suffering from it. My eyesight is better. And also my allergies, like I would always have to pop, you know, at least two or three Zyrtec before I go into the building because it's an old building and 100-year-old sets. It's like a lot of dust and mold. And now I don't even think to do it anymore. That's incredible. I also found the allergy relief was one of the best benefits for me. You know, I live in the South where we have lots and lots oh, yeah. of pollen and the spring was just miserable for me. I had to take an allergy medicine all year long, but in the spring, I would also have to add Benadryl on yep. top of it <laughs> just to get through. I mean, you know, I'm one of those people though that Benadryl makes me wired instead oh, man. of sleeping. I, I am out. I pass out on Benadryl. <laughs> I will be comatose. Well, that's interesting when it hits you that way. It does. It does. And I, I've heard that's an ADHD brain characteristic. If Benadryl wires you and caffeine makes you feel calmer, <laughs> then that's the ADHD brain. And I'm sure my elementary teachers would attest to I was probably ADHD. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but having the allergies get better, that's, you know, we have less inflammation. And that, and that was the first thing I noticed was the inflammation from my face had gone down even though I hadn't started losing weight. And I, I listened to one of the podcasts, I think it was Donna Doobie. Yeah. She was talking about the insulin resistance. And that's when I was like, well, that makes sense because both of my parents had diabetes and my father passed away a couple of years ago from it. So it makes sense that I would kind of be set up with that kind of eating habit, you know, in my lifestyle and going down that road as well. I started infiltrating the lower carb not quite keto, but that has been, I think, what has been missing. Until I get over the insulin resistance, that's when the weight started coming off really quickly. When you went to the, the lower carb approach? The lower carb approach, yeah. When you started, you were not doing a lower carb approach at first. Right. I was eating whatever I wanted. Okay. And <laughs> whatever I wanted. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was, that was the, the big sell to me at, the point, at that point. Because right. I had this, this diet mentality. I was like, well, I'm just going to caution to the wind. And as long as I'm in my window, we'll be all set. And that still worked. I'm 5'8", but at my heaviest, I was at 250. I've lost almost 30 since December 1st. I've done the no way May. So I don't know how much more I've lost this month, but I can't wait till June 1st when I weigh myself. Awesome. (laughs) And by the way, we're recording this early. This one will actually air on June 27th, so we will know by then, but... (laughs) (laughs) Or you will know by then. I'll get on Facebook and and, and into the group and let everybody know. Definitely do, yes. But, okay, so I think, you know, you said something that's important. When you started, you know, you ate whatever you wanted, and you had come off of this, you know, restrictive mindset of the past, and I think a lot of us have that or have gone through it. You know, I certainly did. You know, I went through every single restrictive diet you could possibly do. Um, except Weight Watchers. I never did Weight Watchers. Isn't that interesting? Oh. Every woman in America has tried Weight Watchers, I feel. 
yeah, <laughs> I didn't do that one. I, I My mother did it. Maybe that's why. It's like, oh, that's my mom did that. I don't know. <laughs> but I never did. I never did Weight Watchers. But, you know, at the beginning, it's almost like, okay, I have permission now to eat all of the things that I kept myself from eating for all this time. And so it's it's like we need that phase yeah. to go through. Totally. And then, you know, like for me, did this happen for you as well? You know, when you give yourself permission, some of it loses its appeal. That is exactly what happened. I'm just, I'm a case study in psychosis. Like as soon as I had permission (laughs) to do it, I was like, me, you know. It's not that good. I think I also noticed at that point after about about six weeks of doing it, that it didn't taste as good as I had built up in my head. Right. It was that forbidden fruit. I think it was all psychological. Yeah. Because now I've found myself gearing more towards like pescatarian food, like you mentioned. Yeah. You know, every now and then you'll have a cheeseburger, but like I have gravitated towards a more healthy style of eating against my own will. (laughs) Right. And and I think that's such an important part of the process because, you know, one of the biggest critiques that we hear for, you know, delay, don't deny as a, as a mindset is, oh my gosh, she encourages everyone to just eat garbage. And and, (laughs) that's really not true. Right. (laughs) People miss that. But you have permission to find the foods that work for you. And most of us do start off eating, you know, maybe like a teenage boy gone wild, you know, in the first college meal plan or something. But we rein that in naturally. And I do think it's an important part of the process. So I stand behind that. I find it very, very rare that people do not find their tastes change. It's almost a universal as far as all the podcasts I've been listening to, basically everyone says the same thing. It's just right. that food tastes differently and their body doesn't process things the same way. So it really is part of the process of giving yourself permission and then you realize you don't want it. And some of that came out of the intuitive eating community. Have you ever been part of that? Have you ever read any of the intuitive eating books? No, I haven't. I went through a, a period of that and I was certain it was going to be my answer and, and it wasn't because when I was eating all day long, the, the whole premise of intuitive eating is you eat when you're hungry and you stop when you're, when you've had enough. But my satiety Ugh. signals were broken. Exactly. It was like, there's no way that would work for me, especially if you're eating carbs, like you will just have to keep shoveling it in. <laughs> my satiety signals work better with carbs. But like when I was doing keto, I tried keto before I switched over to intermittent fasting. And I totally had no satiety with, with keto. Whenever I asked myself, am I hungry? The answer was always yes. Of course. So, <laughs> that's why when I, when I really dug into intuitive eating and I'm like, I can do this. I can reconnect with my satiety signals. That's when I got to my heaviest because they were just broken. I wonder now, I mean, actually, I do feel like I'm intuitive now because I really, once I open my window, I'm very intuitive within it. And so the intuitive eating community is the whole, there's no food that's off limits. And so that really taught me, okay, no food is off limits. You just figure out what foods make you feel good. So I think I'm I'm kind of mix match or a mishmash. That's the word I'm looking for. A mishmash of intermittent (laughs) fasting and intuitive eating. I think I've kind of become that as well, because even when I think I want something like, you know, I'll be craving like a cookie or something. If I have more than two, my body will be like, no, this is not. You can shut down now. You, You got what you wanted. And it doesn't feel good. Exactly. Then I would have like the sugar crash and, you know, my body wouldn't know what to do with it. Which is a good place to be now, you know, curtails my lesser impulses. And doesn't it just feel so empowering to have that control back? Yes, that is a really good way to put that. Because of being a a dieter pretty much all my life, 
I loved doing Weight Watchers and, and I felt like I had control in counting the points and, you know, macros and micros and all that, but I would still feel not in control. It was a facade. <laughs> right. We're giving external control to something else. Exactly. Yeah. Now I actually feel like I can hear what my body is telling me. I can listen to the signals and stop it before it gets out of hand. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I've only been doing this since December. So you're still very new. Yeah, considerably. I can't wait to see what happens in a year. But it's funny how far I've come in just that short amount of time. Just the headspace alone. Because like I said, I was kind of a binge eater. I would do really well on my points. And then I, I would, you know, when I get tired, I want to stress eat. Right. So if I would get too exhausted or something or just didn't feel like cooking, I would order McDonald's and call it a day and then beat myself up over the fact that I just, you know, annihilated my Weight Watchers points for that week. Right. <laughs> you know, it was an endless cycle. And no matter what diet I tried, that was always the end result. I would do really well and then sabotage it. So this is the first time that you have not had that kind of response to a plan. Correct which in and of itself is mind-blowing to me. With my father passing, I really, I think I started seeking out anything that would finally help because I did not want to go down his road of health. You know, near the end, it took him a really long time to pass. But with that kind of disability with diabetes, it's just, it's a death by a thousand cuts. Right. I did not want to see myself go down that road. So you had not been diagnosed as diabetic or pre-diabetic? No, but both my parents okay. did. And yeah. I had the same eating lifestyle right. as they did. You always train your children to how, you know, they see everything you do kind of thing, you know. Probably because you're eating at the same table. You have the same the same food habits. Exactly. As exactly. your family. Yeah. So, you know, I, I bet you're right. I think you probably have caught it in time so that you won't need to go down that road. I feel like I did. And I feel very grateful that this finally came, like the universe sent this my way when I was finally fed up and looking for like a last resort. When me and the ladies at work started doing Weight Watchers, I had been on it for a year and I didn't lose a blessed pound. Wow. Like I would fluctuate the same five pounds. And I was way more hardcore than they were. (laughs) (laughs) Or at least I tell myself I was. And so, you know, when you're doing it for a year and you're not having any results, you know, what are you thinking at that point? My mother's words were in my head. You didn't catch it by the time you were 30, uh, so you're never going to lose it. And I was like, eh. (laughs) So really, you're just like working so hard at Weight Watchers and and getting nowhere, treading water. Yeah. I mean, and not to feel slight on Weight Watchers, because when I joined joined them, this is the third time I've joined them. The program they have now is a lot better because they're, you know, pushing eating the zero points foods, which are just you know, like fish and chicken and eggs and vegetables. It's more of a wellness minded, but it's still that trapped diet mentality of, you know, keeping track of what you eat. Right. So do you track what you eat at all now or you just eat in an intuitive fashion? I am more intuitive now. When I first went back to lower carving, I was trying to keep an eye on what had more carbs, but I was only doing that for maybe a week before I got used to you know, serving sizes and what the carb content in, in most things. I mean, I know a banana is two points, but it took me a while to, <laughs> to remember that, you know, well, it used to be two points, uh, but it took me a while to remember that it's, you know, 27 grams of carbs. Okay. So you have to use that for a, a guideline. And like I said, there's a lot of people with different body 
types that don't need to look at their carbs. And I probably won't after I break through this insulin resistance. Right. I feel very optimistic about it because my body responded so quickly to it. I feel like it's finally healing itself. Yeah, I think that's a a good prediction to make because, you know, we hear that, you know, you referenced Donna Doobie's podcast and she had a lot of weight to lose. She's down over 130 pounds. She's now in the normal weight range instead of she'd been obese. She's over 130 pounds down, like I said. Wow, that's fantastic. She was keto for the first year and gradually has been able to up her carbs and continue to lose weight because, you know, she's a nurse. And so she understands how the body works. So she's convinced Mm -hmm. that she's healed her insulin resistance to the point that her body is, you know, got lower circulating insulin now than it did before. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I'm so glad I heard that podcast too, because I was about three months in and I was like, well, this must be the missing link. I had, I lost about 10 pounds by that point, but I was still you know, I knew that, you know, you had said, come for the weight loss and stay for the health benefits. <laughs> right. And I'd already had a ton of health benefits. And so that's why I was still sticking with it. But I was like, there is something else that I'm missing that I need to, you know, figure out. And because my body had already started, I started to be in tune already. I was able to figure that out pretty quickly. Well, that's good. And I do mention this in the troubleshooting chapter of Delay, Don't Deny, that, you know, if you're severely insulin resistant, you may need a lower carb approach for a time, but I think people yeah. skip over that part and miss it. <laughs> like you said, I was not going to have to deny. I remember that. <laughs> exactly. I was like, I'm going to eat yeah. whatever I want, Jen. <laughs> there was to be no denial. <laughs> and really, you can think of it as you're delaying your carbs for a little longer. You're not just delaying them till your eating window. You might have to delay them for a year or, you know, for a few months. Yeah. And the funny thing is it doesn't, it still doesn't feel like a diet because I, you know, I optimally go for the higher fat and which keeps me full longer. Right. I love salmon and I know how to cook it well. It's, I guess it's a Southern thing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not hurting. <laughs> like I said, I don't feel like I'm on a diet. You eat foods that taste delicious. Yes. And you're not afraid of fat. So just comparing it to the the old points value, would you say that you are eating more points than you were before (laughs) (laughs) if you had to calculate it? I have calculated it. It's like you know me. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Yes, I know exactly how many points are in my food. I'm eating technically less points, but I feel like I'm getting more nutrients. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, with the exception of like the fat, because fat was like so many points, but that's out the window. Right. I'm I'm within the range of the same points that I was eating. It's just now that I'm in a window and I, my body has time to process it, it's a whole nother it's a whole nother ball game. I have a feeling that if I tried to do a program where things were zero points, I would just eat a lot of zero points things and never lose any weight. I was like, Well, I've had zero points. I ate nothing but zero points. <laughs> I remember sitting in one of the Weight Watchers meetings. And this was after they started doing the zero points. The guy was saying, he was like, well, I'm just gonna, i going to sit here and eat 15 bananas. And he was like, craving ice cream. I'm just going to eat all the bananas. And I was just ca- calculating up in my head. I was like, how many carbs is that? Right. Because at that point, I was already thinking of carbs being the, the dubious <laughs> minion. And the funny thing is also another guy in one of my Weight Watchers meetings, it's like it all kind of started come full circle. When everyone asked him how he had lost his weight, he said he stopped eating after 7.30. Okay. So he was doing the intermittent fasting without even, you know, putting a name to it. 
he would basically eat one meal a day, but he would have all his Weight Watchers points in his meal. Right. And it was only because it was his schedule. He wasn't able to eat three meals a day. So he was doing intermittent fasting and didn't even know it, and it worked really, really well. <laughs> mm-hmm. And all, all the ladies at Weight Watchers were like, well, I guess that's going to work. Maybe I just won't eat after seven. And <laughs> I don't know how many people were able to do that. Right. Well, because, you know, we were told it was bad. Yeah. Don't save all your food and eat it all at one time. You, you've got exactly. to keep that metabolism revved up. You know, that's what we've been told. Six to eight meals a day. You got to keep Ugh. it all revved up. Exactly. Yeah. That's still circulating on the interwebs. I, I right. still see people that are talking about that. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I'm so immersed in the intermittent fasting community that I'm always surprised that not everybody, you know, knows about intermittent fasting. But, yeah, that people come and they're like, well, my friend told me if I don't eat breakfast first thing, my metabolism will shut down. And Exactly. Yeah. They always say breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But when you break it down, it's like, when you break the fast, yes. that is an important meal of the day. And, you know, it depends on your body chemistry, whether you want to start it with fat or if you want to start it with a protein. But it doesn't matter when you have breakfast. It matters how you break your fast. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. We could absolutely then co-op that or co-opt that saying and say, yes, breakfast is the most important meal of the day hey, <laughs> for <yo>. every one <laughs> of us. <laughs> Trademark 2019, Jen There you go. There you go. Break-fast is the most important meal of the day. I just have mine at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. or whenever. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to start a new hashtag on Instagram with that. I think we should. Everybody would be really confused. What? (laughs) We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by Optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's buyoptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. 
<laughs> so how many how many of the ladies at the Metropolitan Opera are now intermittent fasters? I would say that there's like three that I know of, and then there's about four others that just in my daily, my friend circle and whatnot that have started it, and they're already starting to see results even quicker than I am, because like I said, they probably didn't have the insulin resistance like I did. I think that's a very important point because people really get frustrated when they don't see quick results. And because you understand insulin resistance, the physiology of it, you understand why your results are slow. And that's where being educated about the process is so important. Because if you didn't understand that, you would just be like, well, intermittent fasting just doesn't work. Yep. I specifically did ask several people that I knew that had done it uh, in the past. It wasn't specifically intermittent fasting, but they would do fasting for religious reasons. And they said that they couldn't imagine something like that working for them because once they open their window, so to speak, they want to eat everything in sight. But I, I just don't think that they did it long enough. They right. were just still, they didn't wait and listen to their body. Because that is true. When people first start off, you know, you're not in connection with your satiety signals yet. And also when you first start off with intermittent fasting, your body has not learned how to tap into your fat stores yet. So, you know, while you're fasting, before you're adjusted, your body really is hungrier because your body is not being fueled properly. So during the adjustment phase, you're not fueling your body during the fast and you're probably hangry and cranky and headachey. And then your window opens and you're starving and you eat and eat and eat. But once our bodies adjust, that's where the magic happens because during the fast, we are able to tap into our fat stores. And then our body is like, oh, I'm not starving. Plenty of fuel here. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. I had to trick my body (laughs) into realizing that it had all this stuff. And that's where the lower carb approach can be very helpful for someone with high levels of circulating insulin who's insulin resistant because, you know, the two things that help us to lower our insulin, fasting and not putting so much, you know, glucose back in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My mom has started doing it. Uh, she, I was uh, staying with her in April taking care of her because she just had heart bypass. Also, you know, one of the degenerations of having diabetes she was diagnosed when she was 40, so she's had it for almost 30 years, uh, yeah, over 30 years. But while I was down there taking care of her, I was cooking all the food, and she was having a, a lot of trouble. But when I got there, her blood sugar had gone from being in the 300s basically every day to being in the 80s. Wow. Yeah, it was a remarkable, complete 180 from that. And so she actually had saw the proof <laughs> that it worked because she only ate when I cooked for her. And of course, I threw out all her candy bar stashes, which she wasn't happy <laughs> <Yeah>. about. <laughs> I bet she wasn't. <laughs> yep. I was very militant. <laughs> was she also using the, an eating window or was it just the the lower carb level of her food? I had her on an eight-hour eating okay. window. When I was there, we did like 16-8, which is, you know, kind of easy to settle into. And on the worst days, she would still get about 12 hours of fasting in. I know that's not enough for ketosis, but it's still a good a good, oh, yeah. a good amount of time for your body to process things. Right. She went from blood sugar in the 300s to blood sugar in the 80s. And how long was that period of time? I was there for two weeks. Two weeks. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was in, it was in the first few days that it went down and stayed down. Wow. So has she kept these new habits? She says she has. And the other day she was texting me asking me how I cooked the salmon that she liked. <laughs> So she is cooking now, which is good. So she says she's she's still 
feeling better and she hasn't lost as much as she initially did, but she's feeling better. So, I mean, fingers crossed. It makes sense that it would be even slower for her just because she's, you know, the body prioritizes healing and she's just coming off a heart bypass and also is officially diabetic, right? She's officially type 2 diabetic. So she has a whole lot more healing to do. Yeah, immensely. So, yeah. I think it was good that she was able to see results that quickly so she could actually come around to that kind of thinking. That is something that confuses people with intermittent fasting because the whole concept of the more you have to lose, the faster you're going to lose it is kind of like a, that's just what people think should be true, but it's not always the way it works with intermittent fasting because the more you have to lose, there really might be more healing and other stuff your body has to do before it will lose the weight. So you kind of have to think about it, you know, a 180. People think, well, I'm going to lose weight, so I'll get healthy. When really it's, I've got to get healthy so I can lose the weight. Yep. But yeah, she's doing well as far as I know. And I think most, oh, this is what I was going to say. I think the majority of what she initially lost was inflammation. Probably. And it makes sense that she had inflammation because she had just had the surgery and she was coming off of eating junk food to eating food that will flush you out, flush out the toxins, the leafy greens and whatnot. So, you know, even if it was just a whole lot of water weight from reduced inflammation that she lost, it still feels better to not be hauling all that around. Yeah, she definitely feels remarkably better. And she hasn't felt well in a really long time. So it's funny when you go from being in such pain, you get used to the pain. But when you all of a sudden don't have the pain anymore, it's such a remarkable feeling. (laughs) And it's also, I think it's even more impressive to whoever's going through that. Oh, I bet. I bet. So I would imagine that it also really helped the recovery process for her. Yeah, the the doctors and the nurses both said that she was healing way quicker than they were expecting her to. Oh, that's good. I know that feels good as her daughter to feel like you had a big hand in that. (laughs) Well, for many reasons, yes. I was glad I was able to help her, but also I like being right. (laughs) Both my mom and I like to be right. So it was nice. She looked at me and I was like, yep, I was right. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. My mother still will not do intermittent fasting. So she's not convinced that I'm right yet. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Does she have health issues or is she overweight or anything? She is overweight. And she was complaining at Christmas about... I've got to get this weight off. I just need to lose the weight. I'm like, well, guess what? I have a plan. You can follow. <laughs> I wrote a book about it. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I can't do that. I need to eat small meals throughout the day. And I'm like, all oh. right. I just changed the subject. <laughs> well, look at you. That is so, you're, that's, God bless you. God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You have to wait for them to be ready. Right. You know. Exactly. And we've been told you're supposed to eat frequently throughout the day. I'm just her daughter. What do I know? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and with, with all the diets that I have just witnessed just in my lifetime, I can't even imagine the dieting that perhaps your mom has known. Like, you know, I saw in the on Facebook a while back ago, the Chablis diet that apparently everyone was doing from one magazine. I think it was Cosmo. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Like from like the <laughs> 70s or something or wasn't yeah. it? I think yeah. it was from the seventies. Uh, Chablis like, sounds very seventies. Cause I remember they were drinking Chablis back then. Oh Lord. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it was boiled eggs, steak, and Chablis. I was like, well, you know. (laughs) 
I think you started the day with, at the beginning of the day, you had a glass of wine with your breakfast, then you had a glass of wine with your lunch, and then at dinner, you finished the bottle. Finished the bottle. Finished the bottle like a champ. <laughs> yeah. You know, that does sound like a fun diet. <laughs> no wonder that they liked it in the 70s. And I'm, you probably did lose weight. <laughs> exactly. And so, I mean, experiencing all of that, and you would just think that IF is just another fad. It was like, well, right. it's like, it's just like the Chablis. <laughs> You're just so drunk, you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Another Chablis diet. But I'm, I'm glad that she's had results and that she's going to probably keep it up because she feels so much better. And that's really the key. You know, I yeah. started it very much with the mindset that it was a diet and I was going to do it till I got to my goal weight. And it was really funny how I was always would write down all these plans about how I was going to eat once I got to my goal weight, like I was going to, the whole plans revolved around having the maximum eating time. Yep. And it looks crazy when I go back and look at those plans because every now and then I'll find a notebook where I'd written something down about how I was going to do 16-8 on this day and a full fast and then I was going to have no fasting at all. And I'm like, oh my gosh, (laughs) I was caught up in (laughs) in that diet mindset too. Mm Mm-hmm. That has been the biggest thing trying to break. You realize that you don't need it because your body knows exactly what it needs to do. So just shut up and get out of the way. <laughs> yeah. And, but I, I thought that one day I would want to quit and yeah. you know, not do it as much. But, but really, it's the opposite of that. Exactly. After Christmas holidays this past December, I was like, well, this is definitely a lifestyle. This is not a diet because I can do this. You know, And I still lost like seven pounds over December. That's awesome. Even eating like all the food that you eat at Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. And you know, a lot of people don't lose weight at first, just in general, because their bodies are not adapted. So to have lost seven pounds your first month and it was Christmas, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was, yeah. And it, it did prove a lot of things to me, but like I was still in that mindset. I was like, I didn't lose 30 pounds. I'm not right. a success yet. Yeah. I'm supposed to lose 30 pounds a month. <laughs> yeah. We see that, you know, just today someone was really sad. She's like, I'm very, very disheartened because I've been doing intermittent fasting for what was it? She's Five been doing weeks. it for six weeks, I think, and has lost <laughs> 10 pounds only. Uh, I'm only, like, that's really only. good. And, oh you know, God, a pound baby. a week, <laughs> a come, pound come a week to, is average. And, you know, really, we hear this same exact post, you know, 10 times a day because Every, people, yeah. yeah, you know, you look at the magazines at the checkout counter and they're like, lose 103 pounds by spring. Yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> you're not going <laughs> to. You're going to chop your legs off maybe, but, you know. <laughs> No, I can li- yeah, this is the, the amputation diet. <laughs> <laughs> no Not one talks about it, but it totally has great results. <laughs> you weigh a lot less when you're done. But but really, though, <laughs> it sounds crazy, but there are people doing desperate things to get that number on the scale. You know, my mother-in-law had her jaw wired shut at one point. Um, I think it was the 80s. Oh, my God. Have you ever heard of people doing that? Yes. Thought it was urban legend. No, it's true. That's a real thing. It is a real thing. A doctor would do that? Yes. Would work? (sighs) Okay. (laughs) I don't know if they would still do it. Well, I would hope not. I bet they would. I bet you could find a doctor that would do it. I bet you could. Before they knew anything, even back then, I can't believe doctors did that, but I guess yeah. I shouldn't. Well, that was a whole smoke. crazy time. You know, doctors were handing out diet pills like they were candy, right? That's true. And smoking in the waiting room and yeah. 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 <laughs> no, no. 
<laughs> no one knew anything back then. Well, it was a different time, a different time. Yes. And That's really, true. it doesn't seem like that long ago because I was alive. <laughs> so. well, well, I grew up in the 80s, the low fat. That was my growing up was the low fat and Jane Fonda, you know, oh, yeah. my, my mom and my aunt did the low fat and the Jane Fonda and, you know, it was hardcore. So, and we've, we finally just now realized that fat's not the enemy. It's the sugar that makes you fat. So yeah, it's at times it, it is funny to look back on those eras and see how we've gone back around in circles over time. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's remarkable that if we'd just done what our ancestors did, we would be as healthy as they are. It's like all the, all the new things aren't so so good. Well, it always goes back to Michael Pollan's quote that I love so much, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, but it's like, eat plants, not so much. Oh, eat. Okay, no, I, I knew I would butcher it. Eat food, <laughs> mostly plants, not too much. That's what it is. Eat food, mostly plants, not too much. Yeah, it's brilliant. That's one reason I like Michael Pollan so much because, you know, we just don't need to eat so much. And that's the beauty of intermittent fasting. It allows us to not eat as much without having to worry about it. Oh, Lord. I would I have to roll off the couch if I eat more than I can. Like, they just have to cart me out of here. If I eat past my satiety level, yep. I'm miserable. It's true. And we've all done that. It forces me to be good. <laughs> I still do it sometimes. You know, if I'm yeah. at a special occasion or if I've had... Two glasses of wine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I may keep going. <laughs> the alcohol is the culprit. <laughs> oh, yeah. It makes you uh, 10 feet tall and bulletproof and also think that you can eat anything you want. I think it turns off your sensors, too. It does for me. And so, you know, I, I'm in, you know, quote, maintenance, which is really, I guess I should stop saying I'm in maintenance. I, it's just I live like this now, right? I don't know. When do you stop saying it's maintenance? I don't know. The Weight Watchers counselors still say they're in maintenance. I like, guess. I think it's just a perpetual thing, and it makes sense to me. Maybe I'll stop saying it. Well, I need a new word. I'm just living my life now. Maybe that's what I'll start saying. I'm just <laughs> living, living my best life. <laughs> living my best life now. But even now, if I, you know overdo it and have too much wine over time, I can feel a little like, oh, I'm feeling a little puffy right here. And my yeah, little pants yeah. are a little stuck. So I just back off and then boom, right back to normal. Do you take a full day off or do you just go back to like a, if you're feeling bloated, do you do like a 24 or 36 hour fast or do oh, you just no. go right back mm -mm. into? I just drink a little less wine <laughs> for the next <laughs> week. Honestly, for me, that is the key for me. Huh. If I feel a little bloaty, I just drink a little less wine and like I'll take a few days with no wine at all and then I'm back to normal. And that's really what it is, I think, for me. No, that makes sense. I can just really tell in my clothes mm -hmm. if I overdo the wine. Yeah, But same that here, also please. leads to, I don't think it's the wine, like I said, as much as now I'm having crackers, now I'm having ice cream, now it's, you know, nope. 9.30 and I'm having a sandwich, you know, <laughs> lowers my inhibition. <laughs> Exactly. I was just about to say that. Because <laughs> I no longer time an eating window. I use the Life app Okay. To, to track my eating window. So I don't really have to like pay attention to the clock. It just goes off on my phone and I'm like, oh, I can eat now. Yay. <laughs> and so do you like stick to that four hour window and then you're like, I'm done? Well, sometimes, you know, for like the weekends, like, you know, it's Memorial Day weekend this weekend and I had brunch and tomorrow we're going to do a barbecue and, you know, I'll probably have like an eight hour window for the most part, unless it's a special day, I'll be 2040, but like on the yeah. holidays, I'll be 16, eight. Right. I tracked for a long time and then I just live in my best life now. 
<laughs> like I said, <laughs> since I'm not calling it maintenance, I'm still not sold on that name. I'm going to come up with something. But let us know what you come up with. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, it's not not rolling off the tip of my tongue. But I don't track my hours now anymore. Okay. So. I like the chart though. It's like, I think coming from like my background of trying to micromanage and feeling like I'm in control, looking back at the chart and how it shows like the little, the little flow of, of my days, it feels very satisfying because it also says total number of fasts is 150. And you know, it's like, look at it, look what I did. (laughs) It does feel good to know what, what you did. I can look back. I was using the window intermittent fasting tracker app and looking back, I can still have that data on my phone. I haven't used it to track my fast for a long time. But looking back, I can see, you know, the exactly that pattern of how I stuck to it. And you're right. I loved to look at the statistics and I would mm-hmm. see, you know, how many days had I kept to a window of five hours or less. And, you know, here's an interesting fun fact about me, though. I tried for like several months. I think this was in 2016. I was like, I am going to have a month a perfect calendar month where my window never goes beyond five hours over the whole month. And I would like for you to predict how many perfect months I had. Zero. I had zero. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And it was, it was really kind of funny because I was still, it was 2016. I was still chasing that diet or mindset to a point. And I guess I have a little bit of perfectionistic tendencies, but I was like, I've got to, I hadn't written delay, don't deny yet, by the way. (laughs) I wasn't out. I probably had an outline or two, but I was like, I'm going to have a perfect month of five hours or it never did. So. (laughs) Well, that gives me hope. Yeah. There is no perfection. Yeah, I always try to have like a perfect month of like, I'm going to give up one thing or I'm going to do this more. And even though that still hasn't happened yet, I'm still. You're still doing well. I'm still yeah. doing well. Well, I was still able to lose and maintain 80 pounds and have never been perfect one single time. <laughs> and so that's the lesson I'm trying to give today. <laughs> Fabulous. There's no perfection over here. That's also my no. impulsive personality. You know, I'm like, I'm going to have a perfect month. Oh, wait, brunch? Okay. <laughs> Impulsive. What's your birthday? <laughs> I am July 23rd. 23rd. I'm a Leo. Are Leos supposed to be impulsive? They like to be in charge of things. Well, I do. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> They're little lions. Yeah, and that's, I think, why I was so successful as a teacher, because you could be on the stage of your classroom. Exactly. You got every the spotlight right time. there. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone look at me. <laughs> I'm the teacher. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that totally fits into the personality of you wanting to, you know, keep track of, as well. Yeah. But it it served me for a while. You know, I'm not against tracking the eating window. And it really helped me have that, you know, do you close the window on your app or do you start the fast? Which which is it that you do? I close the window. Well, close the window. Uh, I do both. Okay. Well, some people mentally think of it as I'm starting the fast and some people mentally think of it as closing the window and I'm a window closer whereas other people are like all right I'm starting the fast okay yeah I guess I would say yeah my window isn't open my window isn't closed or you know that kind of yeah but uh, but as far as the the app I, I love getting into that mindset right like, I'm going to start and I'm pressing this button I'm starting now starting the fast mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and then yeah. as soon as I I usually have my phone in my hand when I'm about to take my first bite as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, I am opening my window. Right, right. <laughs> I opened it with guacamole today. Oh, yummy. That's one of my favorite ways to open my window. And especially <laughs> now that the weather's getting warmer. Oh, I'm loving the harvest, the, like the produce right now oh, with, the, with the summer coming in. Definitely, definitely. Really living off of guacamole. 
Yeah, that's time for me to get some then. Yeah, my son and I went to the beach a few weeks ago and just graduated from college. And so we took a quick trip. And um, I was nice. like, we're going to make some guacamole and it's going to last us for the whole time. We ate that whole bowl of guacamole. I was going to say, I was like, <laughs> what an optimist you are. <laughs> In one sitting, we ate all of it. It was like, I don't know. It was a lot of avocado. <laughs> we ate the whole thing. Yeah. You just can't stop with avocado. No, we cannot. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's it's a very special fruit. It's yeah, a fruit, right? It is a fruit. fruit. Yep, it is absolutely <laughs> a fruit. I want to make sure I didn't... Okay. <laughs> this episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. Looking to instantly upgrade your Mother's Day gift from typical to meaningful? Shop Etsy. Get up to 30% off well-crafted and personalized gifts from participating shops until May 12th. This year, embrace your creative side, you know, the side your mom gave you, and shop Etsy for custom jewelry, style pieces, home decor, and extra special items she'll adore. Need something original and affordable for Mother's Day? Etsy has it. Shop until May 12th for up to 30% off gifts for mom. Terms apply. So, you know, you're, you're doing well. Is there anything that you struggle with now? Well, <laughs> I'm about to start shelling out money for clothes. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, crap. I didn't think about this. But I tried on my wedding dress because I was so excited to be able to wear this again because it's not the typical wedding dress. It's just kind of like from the Mad Men designs. Ooh. It looks kind of like what Joan would wear in Mad Men. And I was like so excited to wear it because I looked so good that day. And I tried it on the other day and it is so bulky. Oh. I, <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I can tailor it. But I was really waiting for the, the one window where I could just slide in and, and wear this to cocktail parties and and look ravishing. <laughs> and it's too big. It's too, it's too big. And it's like sliding off my shoulders. And it's funny because I'm about, well, I don't know what I am now, but like a month ago when I tried it on, I was about 10 pounds heavier than I was on my wedding day. Right. And it's giant. My dress blouses, I if I hold my arms out, I look like a flying squirrel revamp my entire wardrobe now. <laughs> well, see, that's a phenomenon that people are often confused about. You know, how can you weigh more than you do back when you when you fit into it? You weigh more now, mm -hmm. or you you did the last time you weighed. You were 10 pounds heavier than the last time it fit you, but it was too big for yep. you. And that's the whole yeah. magic of body recomposition because you've lost fat. That is what intermittent fasting does for us. We tap into <laughs> our fat stores and we burn the fat. And, you know, fat takes up a lot of space, so... It certainly does. And Great example of that. I'm starting to get an hourglass figure, which I never thought was. I've always been like kind of an apple shape. Right. But now I'm just, I'm seeing ribs. Wow. <laughs> yeah, my waist is coming in. That's it's, awesome. Uh, it's, it's really weird. I like putting my hands on my hips now. It's like, what is, what is this? This is, 
this is nice. This is where you're supposed to put your hands. Yeah. Yeah. My waist is actually smaller than it was prior to intermittent fasting too. There, there was a time period. Now this, don't, don't be like me. I was taking diet pills. This is back in the early 2000s. I had a doctor prescribed diet pills and I was able to maintain my weight as long as I took them. But oh. I was a very similar. This wasn't the HGC thing. Well, was that it? was something else. <laughs> that oh, was an, okay, another okay. doctor, another prescribed. You know, oh, Jesus. If a doc, <laughs> I, I'm really shocked I didn't have my mouth wired shut, actually. <laughs> Why did you mention it? <laughs> I guess I'd never heard of that at, at the time. But, you know, my I have some genes from back when I was in that, that period of time when I was taking the diet pills. And the genes... I saved them. I mean, they look like the worst mom jeans of the world now. But when I put them on, my waist is so much smaller than it was back then. That's so weird to me. Like, I mean, it's it's amazing. And the last time I got on the scale, I weighed more than I did during that period of my time. But my huh. waist is so much smaller. Well, now you've got, you've got some muscles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true. Just show up those muscles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just from, from living my life. That's exactly. the best thing. Yeah. All right. So the biggest struggle for you is the clothes. Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, was, it was just wasn't something I was thinking of yeah. because I do have like, I have like five sets of sections where I was at my heaviest, where I was kind of middle and the set that I thought I'd be getting into. I had like a whole wardrobe I was expecting to be able to finally fit into. And now they're all bulky. Yeah. They're not as flattering as I was thinking they would they would be. So you don't have anything set aside that's smaller that you were saving? No, I don't. Because I've, like it's, it's, I've pretty much been like a, a size 16, 18 most of my life. And, I, you know, within the, the 15 pound threshold of that. So. so you've got a whole new frontier ahead of you. Oh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. The wedding dress was a size 14. Okay. And that's why... That was such, you know, that was the one out outfit item that I had set aside. It was like, I'm going to get into this, back into a size 14. Well, I'm going to caution you to not do what I did. When I got down to a size 10, because I had been a, a size 16 W, probably really an 18. But then when mm -hmm. I got down to a size 10, it just felt so amazing and miraculous that I went out and spent oh, a ton of money. <laughs> and then, like, I only was able to wear those clothes for like a month. <laughs> And like, why did I buy oh, these ninety dollar pants? I bought some ninety dollar pants. I mean, I, I don't buy ninety dollar pants now, but I was like, look how <laughs> good I look in these ninety dollar pants. No, I get it. I get it. <laughs> and I went crazy, and then you know, all those clothes they had to go. And then very next time I went shopping, I was a four. I like went straight from a ten to a four, which was crazy. I skipped wow. over eight and six. Once my bo I'm my body just went boom, you know, and there it was. Yeah, it was. And how long did it take? You were at a ten, and then it dropped to four. Like I was at a ten. Well, I was at a ten in about mm -hmm. January. That was when I changed what I was eating and went to about an hour eating window. That was what was magical for me at that time. I, I stopped eating processed foods and had a shorter eating window, and my body just, the weight just fell right off. I was losing about wow, two pounds a week. that's remarkable. At that point. And yeah. this was at the end. No, it's, so. the, it's those processed foods you got to stay away from. Yeah, and I was eating like so much butter and potatoes and beans and lots of vegetables and I was full every night. I was eating lots of carbs, too, because my right. body does yeah. well with carbs. But one minute I was a 10, and then I was a 4. <laughs> well, it's okay. <laughs> I, I, I will be cautious. I will just get, you know, a couple of roomy jumpers from Old Navy until I know where I'm landing. Right. There you go. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Because it's probably going to delight and astonish you where you end up. I'm already astonished. Oh, good. 
but yeah, the light yes. is more so. And I, I can't say that the that the clothing is a struggle. But no, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle was breaking the diet mentality, right. I would say. I'm glad that you've you're passed it. I know. So am I. <laughs> <laughs> now, we are almost out of time. So I like to end with you telling, what would you tell someone who's just starting off? What advice would you give them? Oh, well, I guess it probably couldn't be anything else that the hundreds of people before me haven't already said on your podcast. 35? I'm number 35, yeah, so 34 yeah, yeah. people before 34 me. people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would say this isn't a one-size-fits-all quick fix, so be courageous enough and patient enough to listen to your body and adjust your approach as needed for your health goals that you have in mind, but also mainly just revel in the fact that your body is literally built to heal itself and this is the way to do it. Your body hears everything you say to it. So tell it that you love it and appreciate it for all that it's doing for you. That's been kind of the, the daily reminder that I do for myself. I really love that. That is so true. You know, your body does hear everything you say in your head. And so, you know, send your body positive messages and your body will hear it. Exactly. (laughs) That's beautiful. Beautiful. And I also loved that it's not one size fits all. Right. Yeah. No, I I had to tweak. I finally figured it out. Yeah. That's why it's so cute when I see people on Facebook talking about, I, you know, like you said, five weeks, I've only lost 10 pounds. I'm like, oh, (laughs) that's actually really, really amazing. And we're all excited for you. Don't be sad. Yeah. Like I've been plateaued for two days. (laughs) (laughs) We are not making fun of your struggles, people who have been plateaued for two days. We're just telling you that you're not really plateaued for two days. And I used to be the same way. So exactly, I think that's why I think it's so funny because exactly exact same things, thoughts, and words that I've said. We've all been exactly there, and so. Listen to us. <laughs> we're telling you. <laughs> Listen to what we're saying. It's just trust the process. And that doesn't yeah. mean that you're not going to have to tweak. Trusting exactly. the process doesn't mean, you know, that it's going to not require some work. But you can tweak it and, you know, have realistic expectations. You're not going to lose 103 pounds by spring. Exactly. Well, like I said, I think I've lost a little over 30. I won't know until June 1st, but, and I've been doing it since December 1st, right. but uh, this is definitely something I feel like I can stay in for the long haul and I can't wait to see what my results are after a year. Yeah. You have the rest of your life to figure this out. To figure out. it out. Yeah. Exactly. Well, thank you so <laughs> much for talking to me today, Amanda, and I've had a lot of fun chatting with you. Same here. Thanks for talking to me. It's been a pleasure. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at resonaterecordings.com or email them at hello at resonaterecordings.com. 
Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. 